This is CliffCentral.com. Hello there and welcome to the Futurology Show. My name is Michael Kahn and uh, I'm the Futurology Show Reganade. Reganade. Yes, this has been a long start. Do you come in a bottle with a Nachi on the side? I do. I do. (laughs) I do. I'm feeling like a real Nachi. (laughs) And you've stopped drinking beer now, hey? I have. How's that going for you? Yeah, not bad. I don't know. I don't know. I think he's putting weight on. Oh, sorry. You're doing really well, Mike. I am. I am, hey? Jeez. I'm giving you all my weight because you're getting fatter and I'm getting thinner. Thanks, fat boy. Just because I carried it in my face, eh? You know, we're in a very small studio and I'm feeling very claustrophobic. And thank goodness, I'm in a whole nother room. Yeah, thank you. I think, I think this has worked out really well for me. It has, it has. It's worked out even better for our guest, though. He's on the other end of a Skype call. Yeah. He is. But, but listen. Safely away from the video conferencing facility. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you want to bet. We're, we're, this is the Futurology Show. We've actually got Brett Kamal on the other end there. Just to make life even more complicated. Yeah, another so, Brett. so we've got Brett, Brett, and, and Brett, Brett, and Mike. And Mike. We'll put so, up with you. Yeah, thank you. In fact, one of these things just doesn't belong here. It's a British sitcom, three Brits and a mic. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if you think about it, there are four mics. We just happen to be talking into them. Yeah. Oh, it's you always know, that, one geek. That, that makes me so much feel so much better considering that. Um, no, let's just move swiftly. So on. last we week, last week yes. we had we had the future of startups, and we had yes. uh, Mr. Will Green mm. in the studio with us. Before that, we had the future of connectivity with Siren Gavinder. Before that, we had the future of health with Dr. Craig Nozzle. So we've literally gone from slim down with Vitality to start up with Will. And now we need to know about the money behind yep, it. We need the money. That's why we've got Brett on the show. How are you, Brett? What? what? Um, I'm outsticking. Thank you. <laughs> You're outsticking. Yes, yeah. I, I thought for a second you might be confused which Brett I was talking to. I know these two Charlies in here are absolutely fine. I still can't believe how good Brett's intros can be sometimes. <laughs> It's literally just fact. It does impress me. <laughs> it does. Sometimes bullshit baffles brains, but the fact really breaks you. It's amazing. <laughs> well, you know what, guys? My show notes have gone completely out the window now. What because, show notes, Mike? Brett just screwed it up. Oh, did you actually write an intro? I did. I had the show okay, notes well, all up. I'm out of your way. I'm out of your way. Go for it. Go for it. No, 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 no. You've done the show. No, we want to hear it. No, what? Actually, it. actually, you know what I do want to hear is I just, just any thoughts before we – get to to this this week's show around last week i mean we had a fantastic mm. chat with will he had some absolute perlers and and you guys wrote those tweets down um which no doubt would have been shared multiple times by the time we get to this show he had some good ones there eh? he did he had some very good ones so any any specific thoughts or or follow-ons from from last week's so, show because really this yeah, leads into yeah. into chatting to brett about the future of uh vcs and and the, and the world of money and how we actually accelerate businesses so, I mean, I've got some good news. The um, blown-up portrait that I got of Dr. Craig has arrived. Oh, so, <laughs> your man um, crush, yeah. He's in my man crush cave, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I believe we're still waiting for our shoes, Craig. Yeah, yeah we are. That's why we're not going I've been running a, running a mile in my patent black leather work shoes, and it's, <laughs> I've now got a bone to pick with you. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a bit boned out there, are you? <laughs> Shame, uh, but Shame, back to yeah. Will, actually. I yeah. thought Will was absolutely fabulous. So, I mean, the fact that he's a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. And he, he really has gone about it um, from uh, 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 bootstrapping it and really having to work his way through massive challenges around cash flow, running his media business. And now he's getting into this whole fintech game. I'm, I'm really chuffed for him. Um, uh, uh, and what he's doing in the fintech is really exciting, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's really c- uh, contributing to the community and trying to solve 
real customer problems and things that matter in South Africa. So, I mean, uh, yeah, Will blew me away. He was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think for me it was about solving real problems, not, not, not kind of efficiency problems and kind of great business opportunities, but the ability to solve and, and um, get into those real problems. Um, but I, I, I think – you know, if you haven't listened to the show, go, go and listen. It's on, on the Cliff Central website. It's also on iTunes. Whilst you're there, you can give the Will Show a, a rating of seven out of five because it was that good. And, and Brett Kamal, you've, you've got some big shoes to fill, but I know you'll fill them. I, I, you know, I'm glad to see, look, I'm glad you guys believe in karma and balancing out the force because obviously if you get something that excellent, we really need to lower the tone so that you don't <laughs> overhype anyone else's expectations. Thanks for bringing me in just to drop the bar drastically. Oh, no, it's absolutely fine. It's our absolute pleasure, Brett. <laughs> I'm glad we got a comedian in, so, you know. Yeah, exactly. Does VC stand for virtual comedian? Vulture capitalist, a virtual comedian is definitely better than that. You see, Brett's feeling brave because there's uh, there's a lot of distance there's between double. Joburg and Cape Town. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, a, there's this red button that does interesting things. And I've got double glazing between me and you guys, so I'm also feeling a little bit safer at least. But we can see you, which I'm, is a good I'm, thing. I'm concerned, though, that our show intro is going to turn into more of an apology than an actual intro. We're sorry that you have to put up with us. Thank you for listening. <laughs> it's like an HRE car. Yeah, exactly. Yes, no, it's brilliant. But we have spoken about some amazing shows, and if you have missed them, thanks, Mike, for the iTunes. Go back. There's some amazing shows on the podcast. Uh, it doesn't matter how old they are. If you really like them, just say, I like them. And Please. then five stars. I'd and like then to see Brits introduce us to our Twitter at, at handle at. Are we still doing this? Like two <laughs> weeks later. Like I just refuse. I'm not. I'm not doing this. I'm saying nothing. Brett, Come on, tell us. Tell us. Tell us. At Futurology Show. You at, can tweet at, at, us at on handle. the line at Future of what? <laughs> <laughs> so we have a new Twitter handle at Futurology Show. It's actually quite old. Oh, it's not new anymore, hey? That's no, old. it's been about six weeks. Can we pretend like we can edit this? Yes, we okay. can edit this, but I, I do notice that you, I think once you've typed in the name for a tweet, you've probably got about three characters left for content. So <laughs> <laughs> probably the safest thing safest we've ever thing. done. Yes. It's a bit you're, like you're welcome, humanity. But yes, <laughs> at Futurology Show on Twitter, hook us up with a tweet, Fantastic. give us a hashtag, do whatever drives you crazy, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. But now <laughs> let's get into it. Let's yeah. get into it. Brett, as a venture capitalist, um, a business development professional, um, and, and the lead partner of Angel Hub. Thanks so much for actually joining us. It's really good to talk to you. And, uh, I'm excited about today because really we did have a great show with Will, but not, not, not to, to, um, balance the, you know, the, the great with the, with the, the not so great. You know, you know what the good news is, Brett? If you go you so suck far at this, east, my I do, you, you know what? If you go so far east, you actually become going, go west. So you, you're actually going to improve on Will. So that, that's a good <laughs> I think, uh, Mr. Brett Kamal, I think it'd be best if you just introduce yourself. I think so. Yes. Thank you. Okay. All right. So, Fantastic. It's easier, the easiest way to do it. So yes. I, I, I am a, Whatever you decide VC uh, should stand for, but basically I'm, I'm somebody who has spent many years working in and uh, financing and building and assisting entrepreneurs in small and medium-sized businesses, mostly those that have potential to grow significantly. I've uh, invested my own and other people's money. I've lost some of my own, a lot of my own, and some of other people's money, and uh, we've also done a lot of things right. 
Um, this is a, a game about learning lots of lessons as you go and making yeah. sure that you, you're constantly taking them on board. Um, but ultimately, I am more of a, an optimist than a pessimist. So as many times as we say no to potential ideas, we ultimately do this because we believe that there is the potential for these young and exciting businesses to change the game, to beat the odds, to come up against the Goliath and take them down, um, despite the fact that they really very often do look like a very scrawny, very small David, you know. Yeah. So it's um, and and it happens to be at the moment in the form of a, a venture capital fund. Um, we we started in the angel space a while ago, trying to get high net worth individuals to uh, to put their money into the space because venture capital in South Africa is is built very much off the back of of entrepreneurial thinkers who put their own and their family money to back it. So there's no uh, there's no big pension fund money like you have in the States. So VC here is is sort of almost by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. And I that's that's the game we play in. And so we've done a little, but uh, we do some things right, we do some things wrong. Um, and and it's it's all in the name of trying to create a vibrant if I can use that lovely cliche, the, the, the vibrant ecosystem, which oh, just means I, I thought you were going to say vibrant community. I thought that's what VC stood for. <laughs> vibrator community. Uh, that's, <laughs> no, no, no. You did, I said vibrant, one. not vibrator. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, who uses words like that on live shows? Yeah, vibrant. vibrators. No. I mean, <laughs> I do have to remind you that we have this the, the sex show on Cliff Central. I mean, I'm. They had, a, they had a live orgasm the one time. So, really? I mean, we can say and do anything we want on this can show. It won't be anywhere near that. Yeah, well, that's what, he, that's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> I'm trying to picture Gareth have a live orgasm. No, please. I don't, know, I, don't know that was, I don't think that was the mental image we were going for. But no, okay. I really oh, don't. Sort of I, I really don't. I tell you what, there goes the chance that I was going to let my kids listen to this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, 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 and it's an, it's, we're going to have to change the yeah. ratings on iTunes. At so, least three and a half stars would be great. Thanks. Yeah, please. <laughs> please. 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 Um, so, 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 Brett, uh, you know, can you give us some examples of some of your great successes and some of the great failures just as, as, a, as an understanding of, of what you guys do? So uh, I'll, I'll start on the failures simply because it's – you know, they, they're things that happen all the time. Fortunately, in, you know, in my, in my sort of personal investment portfolio, nothing broke me. So, and, and I learned a lot of my, my simple lessons from things that I did on the side, you know. So we've, I've done all kinds of weird things like, you know, uh, in my early days, like a lemon sunglasses brand and call centers and crazy stuff like that. But in the VC game, We've, we've tried various things at, at various stages. Thankfully, in our, in our current portfolio, um, we certainly have far more hits than misses. And, uh, you know, some of the, some of the businesses that we're, that we're currently invested into are, are doing really well, thankfully. Um, so we have a, a business called Snaplify, which does yes. online digital distribution. Uh, oh, sorry, online is digital, obviously. Digital, uh, <laughs> distribution. So they do, they do, uh, they're best known for doing schools, um, school books and, and ebooks into schools. Um, they also do have a sort of an Amazon equivalent where you can actually just go online and buy digital books and they also do a lot of newspapers and magazines. But, you know, they're, they're doing really well in South Africa. Um, they're expanded into Kenya. We have another business called uh, GoMetro that does uh, transport data collection and uh, mm. they're doing all, all sorts of clever things around um, solving uh, transport information issues, which 
are typical to emerging markets. You know, it's all fine and well. You land in Sweden and it can tell you your train is 37 seconds late, but you, you land in Cape Town and you have no idea what's happening on the taxis and yeah. those sorts of systems. And they, they do all kinds of mapping and, and um, valuation of entire transport systems. Fascinating. Um, you know, so there's, there's some clever things and they're actually off to, uh, you know, off to Europe at the moment, um, and doing some work in, in places like Paris. So it's, there's some exciting developments there. One of our strange ones, actually, um, it's something that's quite exciting. It's a young company called the Pseudonym. It's like three yeah. guys, two or three guys, depending on the day, um, <laughs> who've done this clever call tracking stuff that actually allows businesses to identify where their, um, where their ad spend is actually getting them. So if you have a classified, let's say you, uh, you sell houses and you put an advert in 10 different places, three of them online and the other seven in physical magazines, every different place has a different number. And now for the first time you can actually track, okay, I've got 36 calls from this location, you know, and the calls were tracked and, uh, you know, all the, there's all the data and analysis behind it. But for the first time people can actually analyze what their physical, uh, their spend in the physical, the real world is actually getting them. So very clever guys. And, um, they're now in like Mexico and going into Russia. So it's, you know, I, I get to deal with incredibly clever people and uh, we sort of get to take a ride along with them. So it's it's a very exciting space. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks so much, uh, BC. We're going to have to call you BC BC <laughs> so we can uh, identify everybody. But if you've just joined us now on the Futurology Show, we are talking the future of venture capital. We are talking to Mr. Brett Kamau, who's a venture capitalist and business development uh, for Angel Hub and doing uh, a whole bunch of great stuff with venture capital funds. And yeah, just if you have tuned in now, where have you been? You've missed a bunch of crazy, but we're doing some amazing stuff. And Mike, you've got a line of questions in the story in the story notes. Can I you call them story notes? You can call them story notes. You, you can call them whatever you want, Brett. <laughs> but we got a whole lot of questions, which is which yeah. is the critical thing here. So uh, I, I think firstly, the current state of of the businesses that you're seeing coming through, Brett. Um, are, are you seeing a lot of incredible things? I mean, you've talked about what what you guys are, have currently invested into. I think it's more like the trend you're looking for. Yeah, I mean, it, exactly. It, I, like I'm in the finance world, and you see a lot of trends going towards fintech. Are you, are you still in the finance world? Yeah, well, kind of, kind of, kind of half in, half out. Brett, you know Brett resigned, eh? Hey, oh yeah, Brett. Did you know Brett resigned, Brett? I had no idea Brett had resigned. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true, Brett? Hmm. I've got three months still, Brett. <laughs> I'm staying where I am for anybody listening. <laughs> he's he's going to come ask you for money just now, Brett. <laughs> uh, no, 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 because I'm 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 going to do a little bit of uh, professional speaking. So um, get out there. Anyway, talking about fintech and everything, are you still seeing trends in certain key areas? Are you guys focusing in key industries, or are you kind of across the board? So, so we every now and then you think about focusing, but I think we've got because of the fact that there are relatively few venture capitalists in the country. You, if you do focus, you actually miss a lot of uh, opportunities. I think it's also difficult to find just one area that actually produces um, enough opportunities. Specifically, you know, so, so one example, fintech is probably the one where there's so much hype. That, um, the, you know, that quite a few people have actually given themselves a fintech focus. But I think if you went into, um, you know, just Internet of Things, it's yeah. quite difficult yeah. to find enough 
sufficiently developed opportunities to, to actually put an entire fund into it at the moment, you know, uh, certainly from a South African perspective. But so I think most of us tend to keep our, our options open. But yes, they, they definitely trends. I mean, there's, there's no, no question that um, every mother and their dog has gone into some element of fintech. Um, and unfortunately, the one thing I do find at the moment is that a lot of the fintech stuff is, uh, you know, when you kind of dig a little deeper, it's 16 different shades of a wallet. Um, yeah. And that, yeah. That can be, <laughs> that's a little bit of, um, kind of disappointing. Mm. But there, there's some clever, st- uh, clever stuff in things um, like insurance and that, so insure tech. And uh, so mm. if, if, I, if I were to look at the stuff that, that I found interesting is not the, it's not the pure fintech. It's those, so insure tech is, is definitely produced some interesting ones. Um, we've got quite a, a, a like or love of uh, educational and uh, you know educational related things. Well, well, your, your opportunities there are so good because the the competition of the traditional providers <laughs> is so bad. I mean, I mean, but it's a critical issue. I mean, I'm making a, a light of it, but it's it's it, a demand. It is, it, it it is, and I think one of the things that people miss is it's one of the hardest areas to do because everybody, you know, so often. When, when an entrepreneur looks at something, he goes, look, there's a gap, and, and we fill the gap, but they don't understand how you actually sell into that gap. So everybody comes up with you know, educational technology, but none of them know how to sell to a school. Or they walk into school and they have no idea that actually most schools don't have a budget. So to come up with business models, and I think that's, that's far more, for me, far more exciting than just interesting inventions and technology is actually entrepreneurs who are smart enough to come up with workable business models that can actually, you know, generate a real business and, and, and actually make their money. That's the rarest thing. And that's the most exciting thing to find. Yeah. Yeah. Um, BC, it's Brett Lindsay, the one you don't know. Um, but we're, um, <laughs> we've been working quite a bit on, on educational things as well. And we, we found, pretty similar problems when we first started and what the the one thing that's really started to work is a lot of the um the collaboration of of sort of educators that have maybe left the traditional education platform that are like they're going into some sort of consulting and saying well look this can be changed but i can't change it from within and they're going out and actually joining forces with entrepreneurs or tech sort of enablers and saying well look let's do this together i've got the learnings from this side you've got the learnings from what you know and that collaboration is hugely powerful and it was only when we did that that we realized that there's actually a difference to be made. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's spot on. You know, um, when, when you're a, let's call it a typical sort of, you know, 24, 25 year old and you walk into a room of teachers and you actually go and say, Oh man, you guys are doing it all wrong. This way we'll change it completely. These guys, you know, they just look at you like you crawled out of some kind of cheese because you have no <laughs> idea about how difficult yeah. it is. You know, the rest of their circumstances, the kind of pressures that are on teachers and that. So when you've got somebody who comes from that field and who understands when you're selling, you're selling not your product, but you're selling this specific kind of a solution. And you also need to give them all the ways to implement it and the network so that they can chat to other colleagues. It's, it takes a deep understanding of that space. And I, I think very few as much as, as EdTech. And I think FinTech is another example because as much as you can think of a disruptive factor, if you don't understand all the legislation and the bespoke yeah. parties and solutions that are in there, you are, you know, on a hiding to nothing because the system will kill you long before you ever get the chance to do a single implementation. 
Brett, just one of the questions I've always struggled to, to try and understand, and maybe you, you've got some insights, uh, uh, and it's a bit of a left field question. Um, you, you've got these incredible platforms like the Khan Academy and so on that, that are getting incredible traction in the US and they're free and we can access them quite easily here in South Africa. Why are the schools not adapt, adop, adopting these types of platforms? Because uh, they're, they're available. What, what are the barriers to this? I think there's about three or four steps in the middle um, that that need to be considered. So, you know, if you walk if you walk into a school and say, hey, there's great content, you guys should really use it. You know, the first thing that they're going to say is, all right, but is it is it caps aligned? Is it, you know, so it, it's okay. the government has a very specific system of accreditation and anything that you do that isn't within that system of accreditation is additional and, you know, teachers have enough on their plates yeah. already. So, Okay. So it's somebody's got to go and first of all have this the, the content accredited, and then the second thing is the de- kind of delivery mechanism. So you've now got to get the teacher to uh, first you know get themselves trained on using it because it's a whole different. It's very often a totally different way of teaching. So they've been trained one way. Some teachers have been doing it for thirty years, and now you're saying, well, we're going to switch your whole thing up completely. So you've got to handhold them through that process. And then within the class environment, they've got to have the connectivity, they've got to have the devices and that so that that can be delivered to the pupils. So, you know, if that's why very often a solution for a school actually involves 10 solutions, yeah. you know, to various other problems before you can yeah. actually deliver the thing that you wanted to give to them. So Khan's fantastic, but you can't walk into a school in, you know, Mitchell's plan and go, you know, here's – he has the email address or he has the website address or the YouTube thing, link to, you know, or your voucher because they wouldn't know what to do with it. I mean, there are lots of schools that sit with tablets locked up in, you know, yeah. locked up in a, in a cupboard yeah. or in a classroom because they, they, they don't have all the rest of the things to actually make it useful. So, PC, are you finding that – so in schools, I mean, obviously, it's, it's in education, you've got all these varied schools with very different environments that they all have to – and put up with and very different upbringings that each of the scholars and stuff are going through as well. But is that the one sector where that rule applies, where there's such a vast difference on the, the, where the solution can play a part? Um, Or is, are there other sectors where sort of one solution doesn't fit all? Are you finding? So, yeah, I I think not to sort of harp on about the FinTech side, but uh, I mean, the, the, the the classic thing of, um, you know, we, we, if you look in our market, guys go, look, nobody does a mobile wallet. Okay. So to hammer on the, yeah. the, the favorite one. Um, and so they go, oh, well, let's bring in PESA again. Let's do that. And every single one of these things fails until somebody looks and realizes, okay, guys, there's more to this. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not operating here because there are other factors at play. Um, and so, so many of the, of the fintech solutions and whether it's, a straight payment solution or it's more around transactions. So many of those things haven't worked yet because our system is more complex. People do do things differently, you know, and, and the things that translate or that work in our market very often don't automatically work in the next one. For sure. So I think FinTech is full of things that don't easily translate and move uh, and move over. You know, it's, the, the service may be fine, but the technology and the legislative envir- environment often does uh, kill it. You know, something like energy is is easier because if you think, well, energy energy seems easy in each in, in each place. However, the way that the government 
either subsidizes or prevents you from yeah. um, charging or you know that that can make it completely unworkable like um there's a there's a company doing water connections and they've got this fun you know this fantastic model that actually puts a prepaid water meter um in front you know in front of every house you know in a formal uh, informal settlement and you you look at that and go geez well that that seems like an, a very obvious thing except in south africa we have a whole uh, portion of water where you know if you do put water to a town there's first a free portion and that's so that your whole business model wouldn't work um automatically because now the way that they, you know they can't, there's not a transaction fee that they can take so it effectively may kill it in one environment but in another country where everything is paid for you know sort of almost per liter uh, it it would work extremely well so i do agree with you but i want to kind of challenge you on a point um uh, uh so many South African businesses, whether they're small or large, tend to focus on a solution or a technology that they want to bring into a space. Hmm. What I'm seeing not enough of are people trying to solve actual customer problems. And I, it sounds easy to say, right? Because it's like, oh, I've got this prepaid uh, electricity meter. I've had this great idea about it. Rather than saying, um, I need to um, – help facilitate or make the payment or acquisition or provision of electricity easier for a greater mass audience? Uh, the first thing right. I need to say is you have a fantastic voice. You should really do a speaker circuit. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm really going to work on that. <laughs> you might just earn a place on my man crush. Eh? <laughs> wow. There you go. I'll, I'll send you a picture. <laughs> But, but Be careful, BC. That wall is more of a hit list than it is an actual. <laughs> I'm keeping my shirt on. <laughs> but, but, uh, Brett, yeah. You're right, though. Yeah, it's. I think that, and that's what causes half of the stuff is because too many of us have, a, you know, actually have a um, solution looking for a problem. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that's that's why that wallet example is a classic thing. It's like everyone keeps inventing a wallet and then trying to justify why it should be used, as opposed to uh, as opposed to finding the actual need. And that's why in, in our market, we don't actually need, you know, tons of, of mobile wallets because, we, you know, we actually have perfectly workable solutions that operate within the credit card space and most of us actually use them already. So, you know, you can stop, stop trying to implement that solution. You know, so I, I, I agree with you. People need to focus on a real pain point, not a, not a pain point it's, it's that difficult, you invented. Right? It, 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 because the pain point to understand the, the problem, you've got to ask the right questions. And I've yeah. seen that you can ask the wrong questions and you kind of iterate, 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 and you find yourself in a very different spot and you're not actually solving any problem. But you might have solved a business problem. I see it in the bank, by the way. We, we always going, shit, are we asking the right questions um, to solve the actual problem? Because we end up trying to solve the bank's problems, not the customer yeah. problems. Yeah. Brit, yeah. So, yeah, um, I was reading an article in Big Think. I think Mike Cowan, you actually even sent it. It's uh, another philosopher, modern-day philosopher called Andrew Taggart. Who's, no ways. Yeah, there's no another ways. one. No yeah. ways. It's That's actually impossible. a pretty, pretty cool thing to, to, to adopt some philosophy these days. Yeah, It'll help so. us solve some problems. Yeah. But he talks around um, the problemati problematization, problematization 
of the world. I feel like he's just made that word up. Problematization. Uh, so, Philosophers can do that, by the way. You're allowed to make <laughs> things up. <laughs> We're just not allowed. To, we don't have to necessarily pronounce them correctly. <laughs> oh, good, good. So, Was did, it at handle philosopher? Yeah, justify everything. But anyway, this problematization of the world is that everybody seems to be walking around, bumping into problems and saying, oh, we must solve this. And not actually stopping and thinking, well, maybe that problem doesn't need to be solved just yeah, yet. Absolutely. Yo, are, you finding, are you finding that as a VC, like everybody's got a great idea and immediately I need it, it funded. I haven't even tried to see whether it is a, sol- a solving, it is solving a need or it's answering a need. It's just a problem that I bumped into and now I can solve it and give me a million rand and I will show you what I will do with it. No, 100%. I mean, so many guys are on the bleeding edge instead of, uh, instead of the leading edge. And it, it, it became one of the, one of the things yeah. for us. And it's, it's not, it's not that you get satisfaction out of making somebody suffer, but I can tell you how many times we said to people, it's very interesting, but until, you know, and I, and I might see a way that I could use it, but until you can get it to the point where there are people purchasing it. Yeah. That's, that's how we know. Not my, my mom and my friends think it's lovely and they would use it, but until they're actually prepared to put their money down, and and I can look at that person and go, oh, there's lots more like them, you know. Then I then I start to get an idea that it works because so many of these things just translate completely differently into the real world. And I can tell you, ninety five percent of those people come back a year later, and or a year and a half later, and it's their product has changed dramatically, so and 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 then they actually have it, you know. And you just realize if they'd gotten the money. At that time, they would have spent all that money chasing off in the completely wrong direction. Whereas now, they've actually got something that's sort of remotely workable and and and, and is worth the chase. It doesn't mean it's easy to get through that phase, for sure. It's, yeah, it's, it's, for sure. It is very difficult. But if you don't test as fast as possible, you're living in this sort of self. Uh, you know, there's a actually I can't use the phrase, even though it's on Cliff Central. That it, but it's it's. <laughs> Basically, I don't know, self-aggrandizement. You, you're very happy with yourself and how chuffed you can be about how fantastic your product is. But nobody out there has validated yet. And without that, it's meaningless. Yeah, a bit of humility needs to be learned. Yeah, right? I mean, I'm always going on about the way of working. So Silicon Valley has a really established way of working. So they understand that the more efficient they can get to solve the problem and the quicker that they can iterate, whether it's agile or lean startup kind of processes. And it's easy to talk about. It's very easy to, it's very difficult to execute because it's habit that you've got to get yourself into. And I think a lot of these guys miss it. They just kind of stumble around and they keep trying, keep trying. Well, I'm just going to keep, you know, you can actually follow a very efficient process that gets you to that end statement or iterative point or point where you're going to pivot your business a hell of a lot quicker and I guess as a VC, you feel a lot more. Um, so I, I look at it from the bank's point of view. We're funding projects in the bank. So I want to make sure that I've got a greater chance of success by them following a little bit of a more fine-tuned process or methodology. Mm. Yeah, I think – and so many of these things can be done for a lot less than mm. you expect. Because yeah. I, I think the tendency is, you know, if – if, if you took a project within a bank, you gave it to me as a VC and you gave it to an individual sitting in a garage. Different and you price said point, to the, right? You said to us, solve this or get, or, or get this to a minimum viable product or a point at which your first customer is prepared to at least sign up for it and, and pay something. You know, the chances are we would do it exponentially 
you know, between those things. Yeah. Like the bank would do it at 10 times what I would do it, and I would do it probably at about three times what the person on their own would do it. For. So you're yeah. familiar with rises, right? Yes. Rises. And this yes. year's cohort is about trying to do that. It's about saying, well, you know, we actually don't have the resources and funds, uh, but yeah, a whole lot of real problems that have been challenged in the financial industry. Who the hell can actually figure this one out? Um, yeah. Whether or not the program gets it right is the interesting part. Um, but you're so starting we, from the right point. But I agree with you. Like, give the entrepreneur a, an opportunity them. with a far lower cost base to be able to get to solve that problem. So I, I love the fact, if I could just, I love the fact that there's, there's a list coming from real world problems. Cause so often mm. we, you know, one feels like guys are running around trying to, in, as we said earlier, invent the problem, but very few of them actually have seen, you know, have been inside a real bank to see these are the issues. And I think, you know, if you look at some of the best startups that we've encountered, it's where, and some of the most successful businesses that we've encountered, it's where somebody sat within a bank, saw a gap, within a business, sorry, saw a gap between them and their customers or, or the way things were working within the business, stepped outside, created the solution and started doing business, you know, with, with that business. So they, they came in, they had a customer immediately, but they saw a very real need. Now, yeah. If, but but businesses don't put it out there to say these are our five challenges because like if, if if we all started doing that started saying these are the real solutions these are the real problems that we're facing who can actually provide solutions I think we'd ha- we'd be fast tracking a lot more people who are sitting out there going I don't know should I should I create some other Facebook app well, and yeah. instead you could actually be getting you know getting worthwhile at least they've stopped building Facebook social networks that are going to compete against Facebook. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Listen, it's crazy. I'm still getting applications to fund chat messengers. No, holy uh, crap! No, no, no. seriously. I, and this is where I'm like, listen, more more of them have failed than have than you know than exist today. Are you serious that you really want to go into it? And yeah. uh, guys will still give me reasons why. You know, no, absolutely crazy. But but Brett, I was just thinking your point. Maybe as a futurology show, we we should also look at this from a different point of view and go and find real problems and go and create a kind of a I'm list. looking at two of them right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am. I'm feeling quite I think those problems can't be solved. Not the yeah, one, no. not yeah. the people. Well, that, that's what my wife says every day. So. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. Hashtag what Mike said. <laughs> there we about go. Me. But you know what? At least I pull up the bloody toilet seat, man. Justice. Can you believe she started talking about me pissing on the toilet seat? <laughs> I mean, this is what Brett's wife talks about. <laughs> BC, I'm so glad you're in Cape Town. But, but I'm saying Brett's wife because there are three Brett's here. So I hope yeah. you all pull and, up the and, toilet seat. And all of our wives are doing uh, roll of the eye in unison at the moment. <laughs> my, 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 my wife's still going, you got a radio show? Who is a great idea was tune that? In. <laughs> tune in. It's like, no, yeah, you got to stream it, love. The same person that gave me the dad license also gave me a radio show, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but coming back to maybe we need to look at this from a, a, a perspective of, of understanding real problems. Because there's no, there's no shortage. And see, yeah. see how many people listening to the show want to go solve these problems, right? Yeah. Let, let, let's start a, a framework that looks in and lists, lists, lists these problems. And then problems. tries to show really Mike how to speak. Carry on. Yeah, there are actually apps for that. Funnily enough, I have encountered. What to to, to to find a list? Yeah, I mean, there's that. uh, Stephen Hawkins has one. I'm sure we could arrange. Are you talking about how I talk? (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, Mike, that's a lot. It's a bit monotonous, but we have a solution. (laughs) Jeez. 
okay, so, 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 so our next step oh, is to, to build that list. Yes, Brett, oh, this do. sounds great. Now, yeah, uh, Brett, one thing that we've been working on internally is just uh, with our dev teams is let's let's. When he says imp- we, not Mike and I. Okay, no, yeah, no, just 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 Brett Lindsay with the the dev teams that I work with. Um, the guys come up and they're like, "Cool, I've got a great idea." And like in between some of the agile sprints or whatever we were working on, we were like, "Okay, cool, let's let's explore some of these options." But the guys are all about iterating. So yes, let's work to MVP. Let's iterate using the build, measure, learn methodology. But then they go, "Well, we need we need more we need more we need more time we need more money." And I've started implementing this build, measure, learn, sell. Yes, sell. Uh, so important. So pay for your next round of iteration yourself. Yes. Because if you believe so much in the product that you've got, get it out there as quick as possible. And if you can sell it, you can grow it. And there's so many guys that rely so heavily on things like VC. When they get in, they're like, cool, I'm going to get incubated. I'm going to get funded. And now the pressure's off. And I, I don't know. Do you, how, do you, what, how do you motivate oh, people that point, sort yeah. of land? They feel like they've landed with their bums in your butter. And... Uh, wow. Well, I, I don't know the way Brett. That was an awful way of saying it, though. The, the way Brett commented on the, on the chat taps, I, I think it's quite clear. There's like, get the fuck out of here, bro. Yeah. Hey? You know, it's it's not that we it's not that we now sort of getting all hard assed and and you know, uh, no nobody can create anything exciting. It's definitely not like that. But it's it's just that discipline. That um, you apply at the beginning and you apply with everything else in your business. Because as you're going along um, in a startup, even when it's five years down the line, you know, everybody's constantly, your customers are going to be sending you requests to change this, create yeah. this, plug in that. And you've got to have the same discipline so that you're not focusing on 45 developments at the same time, that you're able to cut it down and go, okay, is this worth doing? Will this actually speak to our customer base? Will it solve a real problem in all of our customer base or just in this one? And, you know, so you've got to have that discipline, create it right at the start, and then apply it throughout the, throughout the business. So, um, you know, for sure I, I do understand that it, it isn't easy to get something all the way through to um, its end point where somebody will use it and, and, and pay for it. But, you know, We've done this. We did this with with uh, with one of the businesses where it was, was still one of the few that we invested into at a very early stage. In fact, it was pre-revenue back when we still we, we still went that way, and we went all the way to the point of negotiations with the final customer. And we said, "He has a very basic demo version. He has some mock-ups of what it would look like. Here are all the things that this would mean to your business." So we gave them a real solution. And and we were in final stages of negotiating a contract whereby they would agree to pay on these points. I mean, there's a real test of whether or not this solves the problem because they're committing to pay. Now, in this case, unfortunately, a country's economy went and tanked and um, put the business and their business under severe threat. So they cut back on on all their development plans. But and 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 for that reason, we also stopped spending on the product. But, you know, that at least was taking it all the way to a point where, you know, we hadn't developed the full product. Far from it. We had the most minimum of the most minimum. But we had, you know, we were about to have a customer commitment. And then we knew this would solve, you know, then we were prepared to go and and, and put more money into it. And I think people need to get, people need to be brave enough to go and say, okay, you say you'd like it. Yeah. Because I've lost a stack of money where people go, fantastic. 
I'm sure we'll do it. And then the day you arrive with the thing, they go, hmm, you, know, you know, let me check budget cycles and blah, de, blah, yeah. and it all falls apart. So get them to sign. So that minimal viable product, you said it's absolute minimum. I think it's, we need to make it clear to our audience out there that an absolute minimal viable product could just be a piece of paper with a drawing on it. And we've lived through that even in the bank where we invited a whole lot of customers to come and have a look at our design boards that we didn't even get into any form of digital format. And we were just showing them pieces of paper to get a sense of whether we we're on track or not. So that no, minimal viable product, yeah. it needs to answer the right question again. What do you want to answer? What is your assumption you need to, you need to prove or disprove before you go to the next stage? Now, why does everybody understand this when they're buying it or when, if they're building a house, they understand that process. They put down a deposit. Yeah. There's a plan. They know what it's going to look like. And then there's funding as you meet each of the different milestones. There's a little bit of additional funding. When it comes to product, everyone expects it to walk, you know, fully dressed across the line. It doesn't work like it doesn't that. Work so like that. Absolutely. it means, and if you don't get it from the first customer, go to the next one. Go to, until you get to the right customer who says, okay, I conceptually, I understand what you're doing and I believe in it. It will really solve a need for me. And as you deliver at these stages, it doesn't have to be fully furnished and pretty, but as you deliver at those stages, we, we will uh, give additional commitments. But it's very clear ahead of time. It's not a, hey, you may be well. It's very clear. Yeah. X, Y, Z, as I deliver across that, this is what you're going to commit to and this is what you're going to pay. And that's done. Yeah. You know? so, and and it's, it's, it's not an easy way to do it, but it, and certainly if I were doing it personally, if I were you know, uh, creating something, I would want those assurances and those steps before I'm prepared to actually put more of myself and my own money and my own time into yeah. it. And time, eh? right? Mm. Really expensive. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. as an entrepreneur, you're investing part of your life into this business, mm. whether or sure. not it's all your finances and that. And you need to know, is it worth this investment? We, we find that with clients that we partner with from time to time, and they come through with a, a great idea that's something that they believe will, will answer a need within their sector or industry that they're in. And they'll be like, cool, we really need to fix this. Can you quote me, please, and tell me how long it's going to take for you to build this? <laughs> yeah. And the truth it's is, a project approach, right? It's crazy. Yeah, well, the, tr the truth is, we know the least about anything on day one. Yeah. So what mm. we've started implementing is these actual these these insights workshops and mm. these these design thinking workshops, where we're actually Good. saying, well, let's actively work with you to define what success looks like. Forget the how. Yeah. Why are you doing what this? Is good. What is, what is good? Yeah. Because yeah. when you, the client, can understand what it is, and you know that we understand what it is, we're on the same page. And only then can we actually say, this is going to cost you X amount of money and will take Y amount of time. And you pay so much up front. Please. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it's just <laughs> bigbrave.coza. Bigbrave.co.za. Yeah, so that's, that's helping out of me. Oh, there. thanks. There man. I, I did some shameless puns last week, so I forgot I'd just oh, slow you? down a little bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But did, yeah. So it's all about marketing as well. I mean, <laughs> eh? How it much? Is. Sorry, I have a question then to, to BC. You've got everybody focuses on getting it made. How many people focus on getting it sold, actually? Hmm. So, so that's that's why it's become our uh, sort of. Uh, I would almost say it's our be all and end all. But uh, you know, the, the entrepreneur is still the biggest factor in this. But for me, a test of whether he's an entrepreneur or an inventor, or she is an entrepreneur or an inventor, is whether or not they can do the sale and they understand the sales side. Yeah. Because yeah. our in, in our current fund, the stuff that's uh, where it's failed, it's been because it, they looked like they could sell, but it was because there was a soft contact on the other side, somebody they knew, 
And so they were sort of relatively far down the way. And when that door shut and they got their first massive knockdown, they couldn't get up and go and kick down another door. Which is hard. Yes, it's it's, hard. Absolutely. And it's all about the sale. If you can't, you know, that's why I say, I know it's not easy to convince somebody to to give you a commitment, especially when the thing isn't, uh, isn't sold. But in, in the, in the, in what it takes to grow a large and successful business, that is one of the smallest tests that you are going to face. So for me, if you can't cross that first line, you know, it doesn't matter how fantastic it goes to your earlier question. It doesn't matter how fantastic your product is because we, we used to fall in love with the product up front and we used to, oh, this is, you know, it's fine. If we, if this entrepreneur doesn't make it and it turns out not to be an entrepreneur, we'll find another one. I'm afraid not. No, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You can't just, you can't just take somebody else's baby and just kind of walk to someone down the street and go, you look like you've raised children. There we go. <laughs> and pay for its university you're <laughs> on the mark you are on the mark no, I, I just don't think people think about it at the greater scheme yeah so mike you're going to say something well i i think really you know the first test the simplest test is the only test can you sell because you know without customers you don't have a business and let, let's look forward um brett where, where do you see the, the whole vc industry going because you, you actually play a very very important role in our economy, and I think as as our economy changes and becomes more dynamic in the way, the way it does change, the world of startups is becoming more and more imperative. So, uh, you know, the sad thing is the VC industry currently plays a far smaller role than it should. And, you know, you only have to look to places like not just the States, but you look in the UK um, and on their numbers on uh, the contribution to GDP growth brought about by SMEs driven by angel and and venture capital investment. And these are things that have been incentivized by government and have driven, you know, and so have gotten larger and larger and are now having a real impact. So at the moment, VC in South Africa is, you know, where this this sort of cricket trying to bring down uh, or, you know, trip trip up the elephant, which doesn't mean we won't get it right, but we definitely – we're definitely playing, uh, you know, we technically we're punching far above our weight. Um, and so we need, this industry needs to grow dramatically. It's not, it's absolutely not the be all and end all. It's not the only solution. We're one of the many things that need to be done and need to be supported to get the whole SME sector running. You yeah, know, 100%. there are lots, of, yeah. there are lots of, uh, of entrepreneurs who will never be a suitable venture capital yeah. candidate but who will grow and will, you know, when supported correctly, will build a good business that will grow at 10, 20% a year, and that will contribute to the bigger picture. You know, the kind of things that, that we put uh, support are the ones that you expect to multiply, you know, and, yeah. and grow exponentially. And that's a very small sliver. But if we don't get those right, we're missing out on one of the significant, not only growth drivers, but also that one of those big inspiration, uh, inspirational facts that drive other entrepreneurs to be created and show them that life is not just about becoming a doctor and a lawyer and an sure. accountant, you know, yeah. that there are these things that can like, get out, take a risk. And that risk taking, you know, goes, goes well beyond just their own career and, and business, you know. So I think it's, for me, venture capital is, is, is here because it is essential. We've seen it in other markets. 
Um, we're spending a lot of time trying to convince both government and, and big business to support us. The sad thing is every time um, you know somebody gives a speech, they throw in entrepreneurship because it sounds like the flavor of the month. But yeah. very, very, very little is being done in real terms to either support or, or drive tape. entrepreneurship. Well, you know I mean, I mean, forget business. So, I mean, as a, as a self-employed entrepreneur for the last eight years, tell the banking institutions to actually start taking it easy on these people because no no sorry <laughs> Shut your face. that's why you left you're going to feel the pinch just now big guy yeah you are so oh, yeah. no what happens is that we're empowering entrepreneurial spirit and we're empowering this 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 sort of innovative mentality in the in the younger people within our economy and yet they go to buy a car they go to buy a house and they go to do all these you know just general living things and they get shut down mm. and then you start wondering well what the hell am i doing it for yeah. Like at some point you have to put fuel in the engine. And if the engine is only that one person, you know, so I, I like the fact that VCs are trying really hard to get in there with government and get in there with the institutions, because I think that's where the biggest change is going to happen personally, when people actually are incentivized to do this. Because right now yeah. it's, it's too easy to get a cushy job and suck mm. up whatever it is and, mm. and go and do this and never innovate ever again. Yeah. But, you know, just look in, look in what it takes to start a small business. Look how long it takes yeah. just to register a company, how long it takes to get that registered, how long it takes to get just the admin sorted. It's ridiculous. It is. You know, you've got, you've got the ability to do an, an online application that literally in any other country, which it, and it can work here, where you, within hours, you have your business and everything set up. Yeah, it can take you six months to get yeah. back registered. And it's so complicated, you need to go to three different accountants. And they come and, visit you. Know, you just, and they're like, but your premises correct. don't look like a business. And you go, but it is, it is. And why would you like to be back registered? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have, we have so tax. many things set up that are, that are mm. obstacles to mm. doing basic good business. So before you even worry about giving them funding, allow them to start a bloody business. Stop licensing everything that – can be licensed. Hallelujah, Hallelujah brother. Hallelujah. Yeah, stop trying to control people from like, you know, like, you know, you have a customer overseas. So instead of a government going, woohoo, export revenue, we go, no, no, please, you know, go through these 46 forms, make sure your bank knows, make sure that you then fill out all these. I mean, we, with, with, um, with one of our businesses, let me not single them out in case somebody from SARS decides to have a go at them. But <laughs> are, you, are you talking time, about Michael Cowan's business? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the one. That's the God, one. Bastard. <laughs> I did my vet before the show. Actually, you did. I was <laughs> sorry. But every time that they have a sale, and they sell a lot overseas, they have to fill out a form and send. I mean, they keep drawers full of forms. Yeah, VOP reports. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's ridiculous. You're saying to people, we want export revenue, but we're making it so hard that most of them want to move their stuff offshore just so that they don't have to do a year's worth of paperwork every day. It's sure. ridiculous. And there's so the question. It's easy. There's the question, Brett. Uh, we had Gareth on a, a couple of shows back, and he's just come back from South by Southwest. And he was saying, like, it's great. There are so many people coming with great ideas here in South Africa, but in order for it to actually gain the traction you need within the time that you need, Take it overseas. Just get it. Take your great ideas, which we have growing here, yeah. and get them overseas, and let them actually fly. fly. You know, the, the, so the, I think it, it's right in theory in that massive markets. You know, I mean, and let, specifically the U.S. 
You know, here we have a, uh, if you want to do a consumer product, very often you've got a, your actual market can be two to three million people in South Africa. You go into the US, it's 230 million people yeah. of the same sort of spending yeah. capability. Everything's popular over there. Correct. But you walk into that market and there are 30 people doing what you're trying to, yeah. you know, what you're trying to do. Yeah. And they, the funding wise, it's easier for them. They look at you funding. I mean, we have so many guys who would go to us. Oh, you know, I'm just going to go to the US and raise money. They come back six months later, tell between their legs. It was a little bit harder than they thought. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I, I agree that, you know, just, th- there are a lot of things that work much better that side. It's just not so easy to land that side. And the truth is, you shouldn't have to. Yeah, you know, 100%. we can, especially in the digital world, you can sell to customers overseas. If it's a corporate customer, absolutely, you've got to get on a plane, go and see them face to face, and you still do, you know, and, and, and you still global, do. Yeah. yeah, but you can, there's so much that you can sell and operate from here yeah. if it wasn't so difficult through so many barriers, you know. So, it, like, if we can just get it through to government, like, stop absolutely. worrying about tax leakage and start facilitating you know, entrepreneurship and business, because if you facilitate business, people won't feel like they need to get their money out of the country. Investors won't feel like they need to work around you because they're not worried that you're going to keep putting up more walls. It's actually very simple. Open it up. Let's do a lot more business and a lot more people will be very comfortable to keep it here. But right now they're fleeing out the door because they can't get basic business done. Britt, I love your passion. Hey, and you know what really worries me about your passion is that in 10 years' time, will you have a job? And the reason why I say that is I want to throw you forward a bit. Like you got that one. You hey? got that one. Right? You got it. Because so what happens with all this hedge funds, with all the algorithms that are running, and a lot of your work it can be algorithmically driven based on machine learning. What's your view on that? Um, you know, it's, it's absolutely right. Some of, so much of what we do is, um, well, you can say it's going to the casino, but I, to be honest, I think this, you know, my, my job is really about building relationships with people and assessing whether they've got what it takes to get up from the third time they get knocked down. Mm, um, and yeah. we forget and, that and human element, seen, right? Uh, correct. And, and what we've seen is that there are no models currently that predict uh, success in terms of a, an, an, a, you know, a, a regular business or, or an, even online, doesn't matter what the kind of business. So there's a lot of work that's, you know, substantiate the fact that when you tick, whether it's, um, you know, in, in this market, whether it's in, uh, it's got these factors, it's got, you know, and not just about the size of the teams, whether the team is more male, more female, all of those things. None of them are a, an accurate predictor of success. Yeah. So is it, it possible helps with your that, pipeline, maybe kind of filtering better quality. Kind wait, wait, of wait a minute. Right? I, I want to ask a question about the pipeline though. Looking at the future, Brett, how, how many kinds of businesses are coming in around the world of, of, of kind of blockchain automation? Because you, the, good point. The, these are fundamentally disruptive trends, not, not, not just technologies because they're going to redefine yeah. how we work, how we live, how many businesses are you seeing kind of looking that far into the future? Because the blockchain is evolving at a dramatically fast pace. Yeah. So uh, quite, there's definitely quite a few are bringing who are coming in on blockchain, and it's and it's a mix in terms of 
you know, initially it was, uh, we have a, uh, you know, whether it's a blockchain wallet or a blockchain platform or a blockchain trading side. And then it's, you know, and that was all sort of, let's call it Bitcoin and altcoins. And, um, and uh, so we didn't really step into that space. But I think a lot more people are starting to understand the potential uses around blockchain. Now, I mean, there's a local, there's a local group uh, out of Stellenbosch University trying to figure out or, or who, who figured out a way to use it to uh, prevent piracy or, or combat piracy. Smart contracts and brilliant. yeah. So, so I think I think that, that um, you know that blockchain as an enabler of a lot of things and especially around identity and that I think that's that's definitely starting to to crop up more and more. Um, so. As long as, you know, because it's, it's an underlying platform. So it's not somebody walking in and going, hi, here's my blockchain product. Mm, it's more like, mm. here's my solution. How do you do it? Oh, well, we actually use blockchain. Yeah, but it's a, it's a bit like the guys who go, yeah, I've got this Bitcoin solution and I'm going to call yeah. it this. You're like, guys, come on, grow up, yeah. solve something, the technology and the currencies and everything 100%. behind. That's not your differentiator, right? Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's, but it's like Internet of Things as well, right? There's mm. loads of things. Those are things, if you look at it, yes, it can be classified as an Internet of Things, but it, it's so not a solution problem. because it's an Internet of Things uh, solution. Yeah. It, it, there is a solution, and it so happens that you use Internet of Things, and it could, who knows, you could use the blockchain along with your Internet Absolutely. of Things platform. You know. Brett, um, I, I can't believe we've actually come to the top of the hour. What? Um, we're already out of time. <laughs> we're already at the top of the hour here. Which, uh, good. Brett spoke too much. He, he, he did. <laughs> yes, uh, we did. Uh, yes. <laughs> Hold on, which Brett? Which yeah, Brett? Yeah, no, that Brett. Yes, that Brett, Brett. You did. That Brett. That Brett. Yes. Shut up, Brett. So, okay, so, Brett. So, so, Brett, <laughs> any final thoughts in terms of, of where, where you are and, and just in terms of the world of VCs before we, we have a yeah, – and you literally have a minute on this one. So my – my absolute hope is that um, we get a lot more VCs into the space and mainly because we're all doing so well and the entrepreneurs that we've been investing are doing so well that uh, people start to notice that, uh, you know, uh, entrepreneurship is a good option and is, is worth supporting in South Africa. And yeah. the truth is we're probably going to do it as, as other entrepreneurs first and maybe one day the government will wake up to that. Um, but in the meantime, if, uh, if you are, you know, keen to jump into that space, go for it. Just for goodness sake, find a customer. So, oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, so in other words, I, I can tell my mum that entrepreneurship is a real job. <laughs> so. It's. No, I never said it was a real job. It's a hobby. But I said it's worth doing. <laughs> it's, it, is, it is worth doing. Absolutely. But, but on that note, uh, Brett, thank you so much for the time that you've given us. Uh, it's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's, it certainly rates up there with Wilshire from last week. So yeah, thank fantastic. you. You, you didn't, you didn't let the team down here. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure about the Brett's in the studio here. So, but, but, but to our audience, thank you so much. Um, please follow us on at Futurology Show on the, on the Twitter account. Um, go to subscribe to the podcast on, on iTunes. Uh, you can also obviously get them on Cliff Central and please give us a rating and, and let us know any thoughts or comments or any future shows that you'd love to have. And Brett and Brett, thank you guys. Thank you, Mike. Why? Thank you. Yeah. Brett, thank you, Brett. Brett. Mike, Brett. Brett. <laughs> I think Brett's five stars just to say. Yes. Thank oh, thanks, you, Brett. You, 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 you know, you, you know what this has become, Brett? This is now BBBM. So on oh, the, no, BBBM, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> on, on on that broken note, that thank shows. you. Yeah, this is the Futurology Show. Shining out. This is CliffCentral.com.